Hey, this is your host, Brandon Calloway. And before we get started, I just wanted to let you guys know that we are about to launch the third installment of our flagship title at Dark Moon Comics. We're launching Black Spartans Chapter 3 on Kickstarter, August 2nd. So please follow the Kickstarter pre-launch page. Black Spartans is about a world full of monsters, demons, mythical creatures, and these group of people called uh, hunter guilds that get paid to go from one city to the next to the next and uh, deal with whatever mythical creatures plaguing that city that day. And so the story follows Balbino, our main character, as he goes on an adventure to build his own hunter guild from scratch and restore his father's honor. Throughout this journey, he'll meet with friends, fight demons, clash with corrupt hunter guilds, as well as come face to face with the demon king shooting doji who really just wants to protect his people so it's a awesome story if i do say so myself chapter three deals with the hunters the black spartans trying to relax between jobs and they come you know on something worse than hunting demons they have to come up against a corrupt hunter guild so check it out black spartans Chapter three launches on Kickstarter, August 2nd. All right. Enjoy the episode. What's up, my fellow indie comic nerds? This is Brandon Calloway, writer and creator of Black Spartans, founder of Dark Moon Comics, and I am your host for the Black Comic Creators Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk to black creators in the indie comics and manga space and just learn more about their creative process their overall business how they got into it how they grew their audience and what inspires them so stick around hope that you have as much fun listening as we do chopping it up and getting to know each other all right let's get to it All right, welcome back to another episode of Black Comic Creators. Today we have Greg Burnham, co-writer, co-creator of Tuskegee Airs, uh, as well as writer and creator of, of some other titles. So, Greg, I'm going to throw it to you. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, Greg Burnham, you did good. Um, yeah, uh, co-creator of Tuskegee Airs. I'm a creator and writer of a series called The Search for Sonica. I've been getting really, really good feedback about that book. Um, I got another series that I'm working on. I'm doing the six pages right now, uh, and they've both been published in one way or another um, through Fair Square Comics. Mm -hmm. The series is called Owsley. Uh, I do children's books. I got a new children's book I'm working on, uh, as well as some other properties. So yeah, that's... Okay. Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. Talk, talk to talk to us a little bit about your your journey. How how did you get into? Actually, before we do, do that, Tuskegee Airs and the the other titles. What, what what are tell us about those? What what are they about? Uh so Tuskegee Airs is a futuristic sci-fi. It takes place eighty years from now. Sorry, there's some thunder and lightning going on out here. Uh, uh, so, <laughs> so it takes place. Safe. Yeah, no, I'm inside, so it should be good. Um, but yeah, so it takes place 80 years from now. You have five teenage pilots that are learning to fly, uh, even though man piloting has been outlawed. Um, they get these really cool jets. They start off training in P-51s, which is an homage to the Tuskegee Airmen. Uh, 
a lot of people tell you that's like the best fighter plane ever like uh but um they'll end up getting these jets these really cool you know futuristic jets that uh can transform into mechs sometimes and they'll be the strongest line of defense against the a machine army that's trying to take over the world. Uh, and then Sadika, the search for Sadika is a historical action adventure. And this takes place in the 1920s. And a young lady's gonna flee Tulsa, Oklahoma after the Black Wall Street massacre. Hmm. And uh, she goes on this quest across the Southwest United States looking for a mythological tribe of people that she thinks she comes from. Mm -hmm. uh she'll end up becoming like a hero to the people along the way so it's really cool um because i get to you know talk about some lesser known you know history about region uh like impact that black people had on that region as well as um you know like the chinese of course native americans so um it's really cool um i'm loving it so far i got two issues of it I am not working on production of the next issue right now because I have a potential um, publishing thing that might be happening. So that's what's up. Okay. And then, um, yeah, I got two children's books, Broken Glass and uh, Grandpa's Shoes. I've had those for a while um, and people love them. So I've been forced, I've been called out enough times to where it's like, do another children's book, do another children's book. Been threatened all that stuff so i'm like yeah i'm gonna go ahead and start working <laughs> another one now so we yeah i got the artist got some fanatics yeah 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 it's a good thing to have though yeah uh, and it's crazy because those children like the cool thing about children's books is you produce it one time and then you can sell it forever like the books that i have i've mm-hmm. been selling for what nearly 10 years now like eight nine years Man, okay. um and, 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 you know, with comics, it's like you create a good issue of a comic and then people are like, when's the next one coming out? Right. You know? <laughs> I was like, let me get some of that long money. Yeah. No, uh, I, 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 feel you, I just did a Kickstarter and for like I, I just did the fulfillment last week and people that started getting them and like almost the, the day after they started being delivered, I got a message on Kickstarter said, hey man, when's chapter two coming? I'm like, man, like we literally just wrapped this up this week. <laughs> they don't care. They, they take that, they take that comic and they read it in, you know, like 20 minutes. Yeah. And, and they're like, I need the next one. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, we put our blood, sweat, and tears into these books, and you just gotta read it. It's a it's a great compliment. Yeah, it is. I will say that. It is. I, Dropped uh, books off at uh, one of the bookstores in Atlanta, in the Atlanta area, and uh, the the guy I had been traveling, so I was out of town, and so he was like, "I need books, I need books," and then I dropped him yesterday, and he's like, "Dude, I get so much great feedback about both of these titles." He's like, "When when you coming out with something new?" He's like, "I was like, I'm, I'm working on it, man." He's like, "Hurry up." Like, <laughs> hurry up because the people are in love with y'all. That's what's up. Uh, so, do you uh, how how do you publish? How do you? I mean, you you self publish your stuff, right? Yeah, self publish. My first two children's books, I went. It's like a 
I went through a publisher, but it's more like a partnership type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they print the books and all that stuff. Um, they send me residuals of what, whatever they sell on their website or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's primarily up to me to really push the book. Yeah. And, um, so I did that. And then that made it me think like, okay, I'd rather self-publish than do that. Um, because now I control everything. I still control, like I own the rights of that book, but yeah. they can't, I can republish through whatever. But, um, you know, when we went through Tuskegee Airs and all that, it was like, that's what we were doing the whole time as we were trying to figure out um, how to how to self-publish and why it, it makes so much sense uh, to do so. It's a lot more work, mm-hmm. but... Um, Yes, like I, I love self-publishing. Yeah. Um, and, and do you you do your stuff? Do you like you publish through Kickstarters? Um, yeah, for the most yeah, for the most part, um, we do with Tuskegee Airs. We did one Kickstarter. I've done two for Sonic. I do one for each ep- like each issue. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Kickstarter has been pretty good. I'm planning on doing a Kickstarter for this children's book uh, coming in soon. Actually, today is the day I'm supposed to build out the whole Kickstarter. So, yay. Yeah. That's what's up. <laughs> That's what's up. Uh, I, know, I know that I feel like you gotta you sit there with this whole blank screen and like, all right, I got to turn this whole thing into a Kickstarter page. Right. I'll show you. Uh, but so how did you, how'd you get into comics? How, how do you, like what, what sparked the interest or love for comics in general? I can't, like, the crazy part about it is I can't all the way, I remember I'm, I'm that old. I've always, like, I remember uh, getting a, a, a Spider-Man, I guess you would call it a doll. It was like, it was like a stuffed type of thing, but he mm-hmm. had Velcro on his hands and his feet. Oh, uh, so, yeah, 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 yeah. He climbed blankets. Right, right, right. Come, come clothes, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I, I remember flying back um, from England. Wow, this is going to be deep, maybe. I, I was flying back from England. My first memories were in England. Um, my dad was in the military. Mm-hmm. So we were flying back. I had to be five, like five years old. And it was a super duper long flight. And I had uh, issues with my ears when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And so the pressure and everything. So I remember having this Spider-Man and he was kind of like my uh, my blanket, like for like Linus, you know, mm-hmm. from uh, Charlie Brown. So uh, I, I just loved Spider-Man. I remember playing with him and us, we had to live in like us, you know, like sometimes you have to live in a base housing until you, until your house is ready. Right. So, uh, yeah, that, so I was just, Spider-Man and Star Wars was everything to me from the rip. <laughs> and then uh, when I went to my, you know, we my family's from Missouri. So we spent some time there and went to my cousin's house. And he was like this really cool, cool dude. He was like, you know, and he was way older, not way older, but maybe like nine years older than me, something like that. <laughs> And so, um, you know, when I was getting ready, like he was getting ready to leave the house and he was like, these are my comic books. Don't go in here and mess with my comic books. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> so 
you know, he walked out the house and I saw him get far down the street and I ran straight in there and started. That was up. That was a, you probably wouldn't even think about it before he said that. Nah. No, no, no. I was because he was showing me what was cool, you know what I'm saying? It was like, okay, little kid, you just came back from England. You don't know nothing. So I'm about to show you, you know, everything you need to know. Dr. J is the coolest man in the world. You know, he got a poster of Dr. J on his wall. You know, he's just breaking all this stuff down. Wow. And yeah, so, uh, man, I just dug into those comics. And I was, I, I really, you know, it was from that point on where it was like, we used to go to the, uh, they, call, they call it the shop at, it's like a smaller convenience store Yep. on the Air Force bases, you know about that? Mm-hmm. So yeah, like they would have the magazine rack and they would have the comics and me and my friends, we would just sit there because we didn't have no money. So we would just sit there <laughs> and read, like we'll be there for like two hours. And most of the time the ladies would just let us, they wouldn't yeah. trip. Every once in a while, you have a mean one that'd be like, if you don't buy this, you got you can't just sit here and read all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for the most part, yeah, we would just be reading right there. It was great. Oh, what's up, man? That's, that's what's up. So when when did you start creating comics? Like what like Tuskegee Airs was your first the first foray into it, right? No, not particularly. Um, so this is gonna be a funny story. And I can show you even though the people can't see. Yeah. But this, I always keep this on hand. Mm-hmm. It's the wrong size for a comic and all that. It's called The Starving Artist. When I moved to Atlanta, um, like when I was in Louisiana, I was heavily into the music scene and stuff. Uh, but I moved to Atlanta and it was like, I didn't have the same passion. I don't know what happened. But uh, I did remember saying, I want to write a comic book. And so I had this idea you know, for years, I had this idea back, you know, probably 10 years before we did it. And, um, but I couldn't find an artist. And every time I would find somebody, me and my homeboy that I played basketball with, we'd be looking and, you know, we kept getting catfish. Like people say, you know, they'll show you their art. Yeah. But then you realize, oh man, this dude just traced this. Mm-hmm. Right, whatever and, and then we have like an issue. Or they'll pull some marvel they'll, they'll pull like like a marvel cover and say yeah it is me and then yeah yeah like, and then you're like okay man can you design this character and he come out looking like et yeah uh, yeah that that's that was the way we were living um this is before you know you had the social media sites and right, all that right so, uh so uh, I met, you know, my my guy, he was going to the Art Institute of Atlanta. Shout out to Nick, who, who's still making comics today. Proud of him. Um, but he, you know, he was like, I met this guy and I think he might be good. And I was like, all right, well, bring him to the crib. And so, you know, he brought this dude over who happens to be uh, Marcus Williams. And um, we immediately, you know, I started pitching him, you know, telling him what the story was. And he's cracking up laughing and, uh, you know, he starts, um, you know, like sketching out like the character right there. And I was like, oh, OK, he can actually draw, you know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we I think we did it initially because there was like a, um, a publishing contest or something uh, that you could, you know, that we were trying to enter. And so that's that's why we created it. But we produced the book pretty quickly, 
and um we didn't get whatever that thing was we applied for we didn't get it but we did start printing them out and selling them like we went to a local shop um it was a record it's called criminal records in a uh, little five points atlanta and they um they do records and comics and so we talked to the guy and he was like you know i take a few of these on consignment we'll see what happens mm-hmm. and so <laughs> uh you know he t- i gave them to him on a tuesday night he called me back wednesday you know i was at work he called me back and he's like yo I need some more of those. I sold right out of them. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, man. He's like, I don't know. You know, he said, I like it, but I, you know, I you never can be sure how other people are going to take it, but people are loving it. So I was like, all right, man. So I called the crew. I was like, yo, we got to get more books. Mind you, I gave him like five. This time he was like, give me 10 of them. Mm-hmm. So everybody's like, oh, man. Because at that time, what we were going to do is go to Kinko's uh, and we printed them. We, you know, like we formatted everything, yeah. tabled them. We did everything. Boy, I was hands on. Right. Uh, and so, you know, went down there, took them to them. Boom. Sold out of those. So we kept going. The problem was we were selling them for like four bucks. Uh, and uh, it's probably costing you a lot to print them if you was doing like, like it was costing like 10 so, so to print 10 of those books it was costing like 100 bucks oh and then, and then you're only getting 40 back you know yeah. no you're not even getting 40 because it's consignment so yeah you're getting like 27 no 270 a book or something yeah 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 oh so like okay you know where it's like the most successful failure of all time <laughs> so, but it was like this ain't this don't make any sense we had no idea about um printing mm-hmm. like we like publishing we 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 just we were just like yeah. rogue yeah you know y'all was just ma- y'all was making books you wasn't thinking about the business part of it you were just thinking about the like this right. is fun let's make these books right and um we so we ended up halting because there was no money to be made the way we were doing it um the one thing that I'll say that I'll always be able to say though is that that showed us that we have the formula. Yeah. You know, we have what it takes to actually, you know, create and sell stuff. Uh, so can I ask? I think anybody listening to this might come to a super obvious question. Now that you know, like now, now that you've experienced it, you know what you're doing. That first title clearly has something to it uh like have you gone back and made like d- like printed and and sold that again on a just a more profitable be- better scale i want to uh marcus i'm like he changes day to day so this is uh marcus williams marcus the visual uh if, if you don't know um who he's got this huge platform now and uh he his thing is like I wish he was here because he could explain it. So I don't like, you know, speaking for people, but mm-hmm. um he's like, nah, I want to redo it because I'm way better now. And uh, I'm like, man, shut up. This is no, great. I, you know, I, I feel and, you. I feel you. Yeah. So, you know, but that's always a, an artist, <laughs> like a perfectionist right. standpoint. But I'm like, man, I want to redo it because like I wanted, I wanted to, I have like 
I, I used to take the book to shows with me just so people could see it. Mm-hmm. But now it's getting, you know, to the point where it's, you know, bruised and battered. Right, right. But, yeah, man, I want I want to I want to uh, I want to print it or I wouldn't mind redoing it and making it a little a little more modernized. This one took place in the uh, late 90s. That was the time which I guess is still relevant. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's great. I, I flip through it sometimes because, you know, as a writer, you get that. Uh, do I belong? Am I supposed to be? Doing <laughs> oh, man, <this?"> I <laughs> and I go back to this and it's like. Damn, I'm sorry. Am I allowed to say? Yeah, yeah. say damn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn, like formatting, storytelling, all that stuff is cool. Yeah. There might be jokes in there that are a little dated, but um, yeah, no, it's it's a it's a good little thing. It's entertaining. So that's what's up. That what's up. Uh, so so now like now you you got. Tuskegee Ears, uh, what's the name of the second one? The Sir Frasatica. Sir Frasatica. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, yeah, that's a dope, that's a dope cover. I'll use that uh, as the, the thumbnail for the the uh, right. episode so people can see <laughs> what, what, what we was just looking at. And uh, that's, um, that I got, uh, actually Mel Milton mm-hmm. did that. He's an amazing artist. His tag, his handle is Mel Made Ducks on ig but yeah he's amazing he's a blessing like i'd be like asking him hey man can you do this for money and he'd be like sure and i'm like wow because he's really busy and super talented um so yeah yeah so man like you you've uh like like we just talked about man you you you've had some really good success in creating like being an indie comic publisher creator and and all of that uh and i feel like you know when i'm talking to other uh indie creators like uh, i feel like everybody know who greg is right like, like, like uh, i don't know people hate it when i, when I say, say you know stuff like that about them but it's true people like everybody everybody knows who greg is uh so uh, i guess my my question is what what is what's your goal like are you you are you wanting to get to a publishing deal? Are you wanting to like be your own big publisher yourself and bring other people? Like what? Or are you just want to do do what you're doing and keep having fun and and uh, you know keep publishing your your stuff? Man, um, like so. Primary goal is just to keep telling stories. I love doing it. I love the collaborative process. Um, but at the same time, I want to be able to keep making a living. I don't want to have to go back and work for nobody. Right. Like <laughs> by, by that I mean I don't want to have to clock in do yeah. all that. Stuff. Yep. Uh, so I'm dabbling in different areas, like continuing to self-publish Tuskegee Years, um, c- continuing to put out. Like I have an agent. Um, mm-hmm. Signed with a literary agency. And so we're working on some stuff, but at the same time, I'm like, man, I gotta be creating, you know? So I am working on this children's book. Uh, follow me for more if you're into children's books uh, because I'm gonna be launching something for that soon. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, um, I, won't, I, won't, I don't mind working. I just finished the uh, Milestone Initiative the inaugural class. Um, 
Uh, so I definitely don't mind if DC throws some work my way. Um, but at, at the if you could pick if you could pick a DC character, and I, I, I just I'm trying I, I need to stop myself from going off a, on like ten. But I'm curious, if you could pick a DC character to write for, uh, what what story would you want to write? Oh man, like it's such a loaded question. Um, <laughs> I I I would love to write Icon and do my take on him. Um, I I love you know I would lie I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to write Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I I'm also into like the kind of the lesser known people like uh, Mister Terrific. Yeah, but I feel like I could do something really really dope with him. <laughs> There's so many of them, man. Nubia, uh, any of the black women, uh, <laughs> for DC. Like, there's a lot, man. I would, I would almost be like, if you know, if they asked me to do anything, pretty much. There's like one person I don't really like, and I don't want to say his name. But other than that, we good. But yeah, like <laughs> off, off the rip, like if they said, you know, like do do icon or. Um, of course static there's so many there's so many who else do i like i love the green lantern series as a whole i would want to do like there all these new green lanterns coming out i want to do a new green lantern i feel like you could do something dope with vixen yeah 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 definitely um and i like her character uh already so yeah Cool. But my, I, I cut you off in the middle of something you were about to say. I don't even know if you remember what you were about to say. Um, uh, oh, you were asking about the goals. So yeah. overall, the goals are keep being productive, keep writing, uh, get more books on the table, more books on the shelf. Um, self, you know, from the self-publishing aspect, I'm almost there, but I want to be at the point where I can take on other people's titles and help them get them published mm-hmm. or, you know, um, you know, so that, that's another part of it, but just keep building, man. Um, yeah. We're seeing, like, like I think about what, like the milestone guys, mm-hmm. what uh, brother man guys, like what they did for us to let us see that as possible. Right. Now we've taken, you know, that torch from them and we are, you know, cranking out this high level, high quality stuff. And there's so many indie people now that are, rate, you know, con- consistently raising the bar. Mm-hmm. Like I see guys who a few years ago, their books were kind of like, eh, it's, it's not on a professional level. And now you're looking at it like they raised the level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just like if you look at our first book, you know, from back in the day, you probably say, oh, this it's cool, but it's not, you know, it's obviously, it's not the right size, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm saying? like, the, <laughs> if you look hard enough, you can see some pixelation in the word bubbles, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so, you know, stuff like that, where we could have, you know, done it better, but that's the thing, you keep getting better, and we want, we just want to see as a whole, this thing keep getting better. Yeah, what was that, man? Uh, like when it comes to the self-publishing, you know, a, a lot of the indie creators, you know, are, will, 
there, there's the the thing of like, oh man, if your stuff is good, people will come uh, with downplaying the the level of effort that it takes to really build an audience. And because you got to build it out, if you want to do a Kickstarter, you, you like you got to put a lot of work into building an audience, letting people know your stuff exists before before you ever even even get there. And so uh, I'm curious about your experience, how you went about building your audience uh like was did you was it cons is it social media is it like what 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 uh how do you go about build, building your audience what, what do you find work for you so um the part that we like we kind of went viral with tuskegee airs and um so that helped definitely helped but i will say that the social media thing is kind of fickle like we, I, I built, I created an algorithm in my own mind and we've been sticking with it for years, but um, we always, I always say that like 20% of the people that follow you on social media that say they're fans of you may, may spend some money on you. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, it's, it's easy to like, you know, like, oh, that's yeah. a pretty image. Oh, I like that idea. Let me hit yeah. the like. But that doesn't mean that they're def they're they're you know definitely going to spend any money on you. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm always thankful. Like I've met some really great people on the internet. Some people where you finally meet them and it's like, man, we feel like we've known each other forever because <laughs> they really rock with you. Yeah. But um, the the I think the biggest thing that we do is we you know doing these shows, and we do you know like. Before the pandemic, we were doing around 30 shows a year, 30 conventions. Mm -hmm. And uh, now, you know, like last year, I think I did about 20. Um, this year, we'll probably do about 20. But doing the conventions really, really helps. And um, we were already on it hard because, like, from as soon as we did Tuskegee Airs, we've been able to get in any comic convention i don't think anybody's rejected us what's up um some people have rejected us from getting like two tables but that doesn't even really happen anymore um so with that we've been going all over the country you know just mm -hmm. and uh <clears throat> some great advice i got from uh larry stroman um you know who's an amazing illustrator a veteran you know been doing it for like 40 years mm -hmm. um, one of the things he told me that I always hold to my heart is every chance you get to go to a convention as long as it's feasible you know what I'm saying like as long as it's not setting you back money-wise or anything you should go because what happens is you might meet you're going to meet tons of people but you may meet uh, two or three people that are like, and they're going to fall in love with your work or they're going to fall in love with you as a creator. Mm -hmm. And then those people are the ones who, whenever you drop something, they're going to put money into it. Yeah. Not just because of charity, but because they either love you or they love the work that you do. Mm-hmm. And so you look at that and it's like, if I do that over, you know, if I keep going to these conventions, I'm building up these, this isn't even like a fan base. These are like family, you know, and they will. So like I was, um, 
on my last Kickstarter, like for Sadika, I uh, I think the goal was like 6,500 because I already had most of the art done, already paid for and all that stuff. And I was like, I, um, I launched it at like nine in the morning, eight in the morning, something like that. Mm-hmm. I went to lunch and I just turned my phone off because, you know, if you've done a Kickstarter, yeah. it's full. Get it is. It is, man. It's that anxiety. You, you checking your phone every minute. Yeah. Like, right, so, I, so I like, I just turned my phone off and went and ate breakfast. And then when I turned my phone back on, I see like, congratulations, congratulations. I think I had it off for like an hour and a half or two hours or something. Mm-hmm. And I already hit my goal, yeah. you know? <laughs> and it's, but, but it's because of those people that really, really rock with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so going to shows is a good way, especially like if you ever come to our table at a show, like it's relaxed. We're not, you know, like going out of our way. You know how you go to tables and it feels like somebody's giving you a sales pitch, like you're yeah. at a car dealership or something like that. Yeah. We're chill. Like you'd be like, hey man, if you have any questions, let us know. We talk to artists, we give advice, we, you know, it's everything happening at our table. Mm-hmm. But the last thing we're trying to do is like force you to buy a book. I I'm when I was younger, like when we we had a website at one time and we learned about, you know, the power of like the unique visit versus the, you know, the forced type stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I want. I want unique sales. I don't want to, ha- I don't want to try to trick you into buying my book. I don't want you to put you in any type of like duress or like I'm yeah. smooth talking to you because yeah. I want you to buy the book and I want you to read the book. Yeah. And, that's what I'm interested in. Like if, if, if I'm sitting at a table with no, like with a lot of merchandise and nothing selling and it goes on for enough time, I realize I have to be forced to realize it's not about the people. It's about what I have to show. So I need to figure out a different way. Right. Mm -hmm. So I want those people that are genuinely interested and it really, it's really worked. Um, because you get some of the, the best feedback I had. Uh, I was in New York Comic Con a couple of years ago, and uh, this late this lady, they were on their honeymoon, her and her husband, mm-hmm. and they got tickets just to come in for a day, just so they could get stuff from me. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, like that kind of stuff. It, it means a lot because it means that they appreciate you know, the work, they're not just doing it like, oh, this is hot. Let me buy it. They're like, no, I'm going to put myself through some stuff to get, to be able to get signed copies from this guy. Yeah. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Well, Greg, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, Let people know where can they, so if they want to pick up copies of your work, uh, where can they get it? If they want to follow you, where can they follow you at? And uh, if when you said you got a Kickstarter coming, when when do you think that'll be dropped? Um, so if I can get everything submitted and see how long it takes for them to approve, you know how they be doing. Yeah. Uh, like I plan hopefully to drop it. Uh, I was going to try to drop it next Friday, but um, I'll be at BlurCon at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like that would be a good time. But if not, um, you know, it'll be like the week after. I'm going to try to get this thing going soon. 
Um, but yeah, you can, if you want to purchase anything, you can go to Tuskegee Airs, H-E-I-R-S dot uh, com, Tuskegee Airs dot com. Uh, I also have another website called Platform L7 dot com that has, you know, more of my, just my own, you know, own stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see me at a con near you because I'm always going to be at a convention. <laughs> Uh, what's up? And then so- social media, uh, if they want to um, follow, follow you. Yeah, uh, Greg Burnham7 on IG, I think. And then we got the Tuskegee Airs and the search for Sadika pages as well. Cool. And then, yeah, that's on IG. I'm also on uh, Twitter trying. I was told that you have to try. So, yeah. Ryan a little bit on Twitter. Hey, um, man, I, I am not. I'm I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, but Twitter. I don't know. I don't know. I just. I don't. I don't. I, I can be honest and say I don't like it. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's it don't appeal weird. to me at all. Not on TikTok. Um. Yeah. But cool, Greg. Appreciate you hopping on, man. Appreciate you coming and just sharing your experience. Uh, and letting us get to know you. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Uh- so that does it for another episode of Black Comic Creators. Hopefully you found a new creator to follow. You had a little bit of fun, learned something, uh, and just enjoyed yourself. So like I said, that's it. Next week, we got another new creator, uh, new content dropping every Friday, trying to drop every Friday. Don't, don't, don't hold me to that. Uh, But yeah, new content coming on a consistent basis. If you're interested in learning more about Dark Moon Comics, more about the manga that we're releasing, uh, go to darkmooncomics.com. You can find us on social media, Instagram or Facebook at Dark Moon Comics. Uh, Check out Black Spartans and make sure you like and subscribe and just follow the podcast and stay tuned for, like I said, new episodes dropping every Friday. Peace.